Getting things done when you live with chronic pain can be really challenging, not just because of the pain, but also because of the where and the how the pain is processed. So if you find you are living with overwhelm, if you find that you are living with a depleted amount of energy and a depleted amount of motivation to get things done, coupled with the small window of time that you're afforded when you do live with pain to get things done, just know that you're not alone. When you're feeling like you're not getting things done, it can be really frustrating. It's not because you're lazy. It's not because you are unproductive. It's because of the pain, but more importantly, it's because of how and where that pain is processed. And as you'll discover in today's episode, pain is processed partially in your executive functioning part of your brain. And so I'm going to invite you in to listen to today's episode where we dive into tips and tools to help you get a little more productive when the time and the pain allows it to happen. Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to the Chronic Pain Experience Podcast. I am your host, Dina Chopolis. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about executive dysfunction uh, that often comes along with chronic pain. And we're going to talk a little bit about how to nurture it, but also how to work with it. Uh, There is a lot we could talk about, but we're going to try and simplify it a little bit because um, there's when it comes to the brain, it can be kind of complicated. And so today I am joined by Carrie Bonnet. Carrie is a veteran teacher and lifelong list maker. She's an executive function coach based in Bend, Oregon, where she lives with her husband and two children. Carrie works with clients all over the United States. Her no shame approach and the strategies and tools that she teaches empower students to thrive in life and in school, help parents and teachers to better support their children, and help adults get on top of all that life requires. In addition to coaching, she's also an adjunct instructor for early career teachers at University of Portland in Oregon. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Dina. Thanks for having me. This is amazing because there's a lot we could talk about with executive functioning and who better to talk to a teacher than in dealing with and coach, of course, with executive functioning. So let's talk first about for our listeners, what is executive functioning and then Also, maybe if we could tie in what cognitive processes does it actually impact? Yeah, well, they're sort of one and the same. Um, This is a great place to start because when I talk to people and meet people, um, most people don't even know what this term is, executive function. Um, I kind of wish there was a different term. I don't love it, but this is what we have. This is what what the brain people tell us to call it. So um, My short definition for executive function is just the brain skills that help us get things done. Mm. Um, And then in terms, that's sort of like the simple version. And then in terms of like, what are, what does that look like for reals? Um, It's things like um, organization. Uh It's things like planning, like thinking ahead, future thinking, I like to call it. Um, It's things like um, getting started the executive function they call we call it task initiation but especially on complicated tasks or non-preferred tasks or just when we're tired how easy is it for us to get started on things um so this is the sort of thing we're talking about um i work with a lot of students but i work with a whole lot of adults too um and and i would say sort of the biggies for for adults and kids um are the task initiation like getting started getting over the hump to get started on whatever the the task is um but also there's there's this thing called goal directed persistence which is 
finishing the task. So like not only getting started, but like finishing to its completion. But I hear a lot about like organization stuff. Like I just have piles everywhere or I have a hard time tracking my, my bills or um, calendar stuff. So all of those things are wrapped up in what executive function is all the things that it takes to get stuff done. Okay. Boy, there's so much we could talk about right there. <laughs> Where do you want to start? <laughs> That's a perfect description of it. So for any of our listeners who do live with pain, I'm guessing there's a lot of head nodding going, yep, yeah, yeah mm-hmm, that's me, that's me. Now, there's lots of reasons for it, and we are going to get into it and why. But I'm also thinking, too, that this probably has a lot to do with, I mean, because it's the brain in general. You know, if we have any listeners who do have ADHD or suspect that they might have ADHD, there's a lot of overlap here. Um, yeah. So, okay. So let's dive into it. Um, before we get into it, I just want to bring in the pain piece if I could. Um, so how chronic pain actually, uh, impacts our executive functioning, there's a science to it. And so I want to give you a little bit of background. Uh, we know from 12 and a half years of research, if not more, that pain is actually processed in many places, uh, within the brain and body. And our executive functioning uh, areas in the brain is just one of them. And so when you are having a flare up, when you are in a lot of pain, that executive functioning tends to tank, essentially, essentially, and not do as well. Um, Chronic pain also, we know, causes structural, functional, and chemical changes to the brain and central nervous system. And so when the brain changes, um, responsibilities it has, energy it utilizes to do these tasks is compromised. And so, and then when the pain is the only thing you can focus on, that focus on the pain disrupts the ability to pay attention to anything else. Uh, it's hard to motivate yourself to get those tasks started or to complete mm-hmm. them. And so when you can focus on nothing else other than the pain, it becomes increasingly difficult to organize our life, our thoughts, our things. It also impacts the goal setting yeah. part of process, uh, and that's all because of where pain is processed. And then, of course, uh, on a secondary layer, if if you're not sleeping because of pain, then that's going to also. So, there's lots we can talk about there. What can else? I ask you something? Can I ask you a question? So, so the executive functions um, live in the prefrontal cortex, like yes. this portion right here behind your your forehead. I'm pointing, yeah. although some yeah. of your listeners yeah. are listening, <laughs> um, but right behind your forehead. Um, and I'm curious, like what you said, it, pain is processed in lots of different areas of the brain. I'm just curious, like any of them up here or no? Yeah, right yeah. right, right there, right where you're pointing. So for our listeners, yeah. yep, uh, Carrie's got it bang on. One of the centers, and there's many, um, so the amygdala, also in the prefrontal cortex, lots of different, and actually a new article just came out that they feel like they found the the specific pathway, although there's many, so there's still some work to do, but yes, it absolutely directly impacts the executive functioning area of your free prefrontal cortex. Yeah. Well, that makes perfect sense then, right? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And that's why we're here because I think this is a great conversation to be having. And when I saw your post in Facebook and that this is what you do, I got a little excited. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, I get real excited about this stuff too. So um, we're in the right place. (laughs) So let's dive in. Beautiful. Okay. Okay. So what are some common challenges that individuals face when there is executive dysfunction? What kind of things are we looking at? I mean, people come to me. So I, I I was a teacher for a long, long time, um, but doing just coaching exclusively now it's interesting, like sort of the reasons why people arrive uh, to call me or to send me an email or whatever, to want to work together. And it's often like a bit of a, like, I don't know, breaking point or a, Mm -hmm. like, 
oh, I cannot do this one second longer. I need to seek some help, which is great because that's what I do. Yes. <laughs> um, but, but people often come to me and adults. Um, I'm thinking of one client that I work with a woman, she's in her thirties, maybe 40, early forties. And just she and her husband own a business mm-hmm. and they, she is just struggling to just stay on top of life. Um, busy mom, busy, um, has a, a, she's an employee or an, uh, of the company and just trying to like, just manage, just manage. Right. So, so yeah. it's all the stuff that, that it takes to manage. Um, yeah. and so it's things like they're desperate for just to help with figuring out time management is another executive function, right? Like how do I use my time best? Um, and, and how do I not lose track of appointments or, um, I suspect maybe that's something that your listeners like just staying on top of appointments with caregivers oh. or, or, um, people in the health field. But, um, so it's, it's sort of those types of things. So yeah. we already talked about like a hard time getting started on something yeah. boring. Yeah. Um, but time management is a biggie, like yeah. keep being able to understand the passing of time. Some brains that I work with, by the way, I like to blame brains for this stuff and not yes. humans. Yes. <laughs> Human. It is not your fault. Brain. We'll blame you. Go ahead. Yeah. Sure, and but then, we can it, work on you. Sure, yeah. We're going to blame the brain. So <laughs> brains that struggle with this stuff, like just, just starting can be challenging, but also the, the awareness of time. Like I mentioned, some, some brains just don't have the same awareness of time as others. Well, fine. Yeah. But there are strategies and tools to use to make it easier to right. make that less impactful on a regular basis. Oh. Um, so they come to me with all these sorts of, um, if, well, there's also things like, um, like controlling impulses and emotional control is also, this is also executive function. So being able to say not now (laughs) to lots of different impulses, behaviors. I mean, we talk in my world, we talk about interrupting people, but also like impulsive spending or eating, or there's all these things that are wrapped up, you know, they're sort of like overconnected connected to one another, unfortunately, yeah, (laughs) but but it is what it is. You nailed it on the head when it comes to the chronic pain experience because yeah, let's hear it. In my language now, like as far as you know, the overwhelm coming in, and as far as not being able to get started or not being able to finish the emotional regulation, yeah, yeah. that is again, chronic pain is also processed, and that's why emotions are very much a part of pain amplification or mm. pain dialing down. Oh, is our emotion centers are also a part of the pain process, and so mm. chronic pain in particular. Sure. So, yes, yeah, so we are on the same page here. Okay. Towards helping our listeners get a little more okay. executive function going. Now, before we get into mm-hmm. sort of how we can do that, I think it's really important just to kind of lurk a little bit in the whole self-compassion piece because, yes. you know, and I'm sure you find this with your clients as well. We can be really hard on ourselves as humans, but as soon as you add in <laughs> chronic pain or chronic illness, then it's just that much harder on ourselves. So how important it is, is it in your opinion for our listeners to approach this with a sense of self-compassion? I talk about it all the time. I mean, it's, it's related to that, like blaming the brain thing, right? right? Like, do not, do not blame yourself. There is nothing you could have done differently. Mm-hmm. Um, let's blame the brain and, and acknowledge that this is happening. And then absolutely like give yourself a little bit of time, but actually a lot of time. One of the things I talk with, with clients about, or anybody who will listen is that, um, the good thing is brains can change, but the bad news is, is that it's real slow. And it's and work. So this, 
Yeah. And it's work. Exactly. Yeah. And so there's no real quick fix. I like to say like, I sure wish I had a magic wand that right. could say, and you probably feel the same way with the chronic pain piece. Like I wish I had a magic wand that could say go away, but that doesn't exist. No. And so knowing that this is a process that that self-compassion piece is huge. And, and again, even the language that we use. So like in my, in my world, we talk about the self-compassion. We talk about sticking up for your brain. I talk with particularly students like stick up for your brain. This is what your brain needs. You know, ask your teacher for this or ask um, an adult for help. Um, But the language that we use, I think is especially important. Like let's get away from lazy. Yeah. And maybe my brain struggles with, or I struggle with, um, task initiation, you know, the let's get away from forgetful or whatever, all these sort of shame words are. There's a whole lot of shame in this world. Oh, my executive function challenges. Um, and so, yeah, like, let's, let's think about the language that we use. Right. That seems like that's all wrapped up in self-compassion, right? Oh, for sure. And interestingly enough, how much pain you feel. Yeah. So words yeah, that's that, I didn't know that you were saying that about the, how you're yeah. feeling like emotionally can be related to the pain. Totally. Yeah, so emotionally and physically, sociologically, it's just a little complicated, but it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's quite amazing how it all works. We talked a little bit about why it happens. Um, we talked a little bit about understanding why you want to come at this from a caring space. Can you share some effective executive function hacks that can help individuals uh, improve their daily functioning? Yes. This is my favorite part. (laughs) Other than, other than making sure to be gentle with yourself. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think a couple of things come to mind. I, this is what I do is as I help clients sort of create like a collection of strategies or tools to, to fall back on when they're um, noticing that this is a challenge. And by the way, the noticing part is pretty big too. Uh Um, you know, like just being aware there's this world or this word in the executive function world called metacognition. You probably know it because you're a brain person. Um, but like thinking about your thinking. So like being aware when you are shaming yourself or being aware when you're racing and you need to pause. Yeah. They so don't forget to grab the thing you need on the way out the door or whatever. Like, so the awareness piece is, is, huge. Um, so maybe that's thing. Number one is, and I like to, I like to refer to it like as just a pause mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we're so constantly just in this world, just responding to stimuli all the time and go, 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 go. And there's some value in our culture on, on getting lots of stuff done in a short amount of time. Absolutely. But take a beat. Yeah. Not even a full minute yes. <laughs> to just think for a, for a moment. Yeah. Oh, right what would be best here? Like, oh yeah, I'm not going to pick up my phone right now. Mm-hmm. Or, oh yeah, I'm going to pause before I walk out the door to see if I have everything I need or whatever it is, pause before you move on to the next task for work or whatever, like just pause, right? And in that moment, when they have that pause, is it just a truly a quiet space or is there a pause for something to do? I, well, it's interesting. I mean, I, I think it's, it's valuable enough to just have a quiet moment, Um, but, but in my mind, it's a pause. And I like to call it like the metacognition. I like to call like this little voice in your head that says like, don't pick up your phone (laughs) (laughs) or, or you should be working now. Like, so it's almost, I like to think of it as like a pause and a listen. Okay. Like to listen to sort of this little sort of voice in your head. So, um, 
So, so yeah, that's a good question. Like the pause is enough because yeah. our life is, can be crazy, For but sure. to pause and like listen or to think about yeah. what should, what should be next or what would be most helpful in this right. moment, um, which brings me, this is a good one too. So that, that brings me to sort of an, another, um, strategy. I don't know. Yeah. Mantra. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I like to encourage people to be kind to future you. Okay. What does that so look like? So in other words, in that moment of pause, perhaps uh-huh. that you think about future Dina, mm-hmm. like maybe it's something as simple as like, I don't know, chopping up some chicken for tonight's dinner or something like that. Right. Like something very practical like that. Yeah. Um, but it also could be like, Oh yeah, I've got this, my little sticky note to do list here. And mm-hmm. ooh, that's the one I don't really want to do right now, but <laughs> future me, future me is going to be happy that I, that I accomplished that task. Right. Um, or another way there's a, um, there's a gal out there on the internet called, um, the lazy genius. Oh. And she, I don't know if you know her, she's wonderful. She calls it the magic question. So same idea, which is like, what can I do now mm-hmm. to make my life easier later? Oh. So that's like, be kind to future me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even things like, like, uh, I guess I'll just make that phone call right now that I have been, that's been dogging me. I don't want to do mm-hmm. like, I'll just do it. I'll just do it now. It's fast. Yeah. Um, but and it, just be thinking about future you as much as possible. Oh, um, I love that. And that's more a mantra than a strategy, but I like it. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds like most of this is not possible unless you have a little bit of space for awareness. So, yeah. you know, you touched on it and, and this is a crucial part because, you know, typically the word mindfulness is dropped out there. And so many people in our community are so tired of hearing that because they're being told by their doctor, you need to be more mindful. You need to practice mindfulness. Well, what does that mean? Yeah. Right? How do I do yeah. that? But you're describing it perfectly. It's really just a pause. It's a little yeah. bit of an awareness piece. And it's also just the noticing what's around me. Yeah. What are my thoughts? Noticing things differently. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it can be easily done, right? Yeah, totally. I love the word notice. I use it all the time in my work. Yeah. Like, what do you notice? Yeah. About this situation or about yeah. this task or this school assignment or yeah. like, what are you noticing? Right. Um, it is. It's, I mean, a lot of it is just awareness. Right. Um, and, and it's like, you can't unsee it then yes. <laughs> once you, once you see it, like yeah. it being all these tasks or excuse me, all these executive functions yeah. um, and how they're interconnected and maybe how they're related to um, a, a life with chronic pain right. and you can't, unsee it, which is great because then, you know, you keep coming back to it. Like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. You can't see it. You touched on behaviors earlier. And I think that's an important part too, because, um, there's a thing called pain behaviors, which can also be kind of a triggering word, but you do anything, right. You learn to write, you learn to walk, ride a bike, Mm -hmm. you do anything long enough and you get really good at it. Right. And I think that does that fall into place? Would you say with executive functioning, right? When you've kind of been either on the good side or the not so good side, you've kind of built some habits around not Mm -hmm. starting that task. That is really mundane. Yeah, totally. I'm glad you bring the, bring up the word habits because yeah, I mean, it's behaviors, Mm -hmm. but it's also like a habit and some of them not, not so great or, or, and some of them, um, the, the thing about, um, some of the, some of the tools and the strategies and things that, that I teach is they can become, habits, which then you don't have to think about it so much. And, and to be honest, that's what brains need is like a little bit of autopilot, not a hundred percent, right? but like a little bit less brain energy going to, 
oh, this is a new task. I have to do this again and again. I was working with an adult client, another um, businesswoman who was onboarding clients mm -hmm. and didn't really have like a template or a system or a, and every time she got a new client, she was creating a list of questions to ask them. And like, and I'm just, and we talked about what um, so much brain energy that could be saved right. by having something that, that she could just like just a form, yeah. right. To fill out. Um, so that you don't have to continuously like going to the grocery store or even yeah. having a sort of list, this make on like apps and stuff. When you order groceries online or pick mm -hmm. them up or something like that makes it a little bit easier because they save your lists, right. but even just having like a, a, a form, mm -hmm. a template of what you often like to get at the grocery store can be so easy to yeah. then, oh, you don't have to think about it every time. Right. Right. And I'm glad you brought up the energy conservation thing because, um, totally. my gosh, whether you live with pain or not, if you're in overwhelm, especially with chronic pain, there is that sense of overwhelm, you know, it is such a constant battle for resources. Mm -hmm. And so when you, and that's another reason why it's sometimes really hard to just get up and get going. So, but you mentioned earlier that, you know, you just start once, just start doing yeah. it. And then eventually and then you do it again and then you try it again. Yeah. And then hopefully that little bit more becomes a habit. You, that makes me think of another sort of thing that I lit mantra. I don't know if I like those words, but I'm going to yeah. say it anyway, which is um, in the executive function world, this is known as chunking, mm -hmm. but in my world, it's known as just little by little, just baby yeah. steps, give yourself like permission uh -huh. to just do a little. Yeah. And then maybe you'll have more energy. Um, you know what I learned is interesting. I don't know about how this relates to chronic pain or brains with um, people with chronic pain, but but something about motivation that I learned um, recently, which is that we sort of think that we have to get motivated mm. in order to get started. Uh -huh. But actually what, what the brain science is telling us is, is it's the reverse. We have to just start. You mentioned this, like just start yeah. in order to get motivated. Aha. Um, I know that was super interesting, right? That's good. That's good. Because it means we don't have to apply all that thought process. No, no, just do something. Just, just do baby something. step. That's, that's where the little by little comes in too. Yeah, and chunking, some. chunking just means like break that task into really tiny, tiny chunks if you need right. to. Um, I'm so glad you brought that up because motivation is such uh, a difficult or it's really challenging for our chronic pain listeners, because when you live in pain, there's nothing like feeling that pain to sap your energy yeah. for one, but also, you know, sap your motivation. So good news is if you just do that one little thing, you, you started the ball rolling essentially. Yeah. So yeah. it yeah. doesn't have to be a big deal. No baby steps, little by little, by little, by little. Yeah. And it, any, any task, sometimes when it's feeling overwhelming, like you were, you talk about overwhelm um, a lot with your people. Um, if it feels too big, whatever yeah. the thing is, then, then it's the first step is too big. Or if it feels overwhelming, then the first, like make it even smaller. Right. Like I encourage people to give themselves permission to just work for, I don't know, six minutes. Yeah. If six minutes feels too much then three, right. it doesn't matter, but just get, and give yourself permission to be done after that. If you need right. to, right. You might keep going, but yeah. you might not. And that's okay. Right. Like giving yourself a little bit like that compassion that we were talking about self-compassion. Yeah. Just giving yourself a little permission to go real slow. Yeah. Real slow. And it's, I actually, um, heard this recently, uh, from Dr. Kristen F. I don't know if you know her, she is sort of mm -hmm. the 
search her on self-compassion. Yeah. She's amazing. And she describes it this way. Why you would want to take baby steps is because there's this thing called backdraft, just like they do for the firefighters. You know, firefighters won't go in and just open up the doors widely to a house that's on fire because of all that oxygen. It's going to create this backdraft. And it's the same thing with self-compassion. Or I would say anything for that matter that you're just trying to get started on is you have to take those little steps. Again, don't have to overthink it. You just have to approach it uh, gently with compassion and warmth and kindness and take that little first step. And so you don't get the overwhelm. Uh, you know, if you're trying to do it all, which- Oh gosh, yeah. It feels like a mountain. Okay, now goals. <laughs> I know that it's challenging for our chronic pain community to even be in the mindset of setting goals. I'm trying to change that. We are very capable of setting goals, but I know that with executive functioning, goal setting can be impacted. (laughs) Do you have any tips or tricks that might help those who are in a place of setting goals to help them be more successful? I, yeah, sure. (laughs) I mean, my first, my first thought is the little by little strategy that we just talked about and the blaming your brain strategy. Right. But it, you know, goals are, can be small or big, right? It could right. be like big time dreams way in the future, or it could just be for the the day or the moment. I think one really important thing is to write it down, right? Write your goal down. Like may, I like to call this sort of making the invisible visible mm-hmm. because the, the sort of, we have so many invisible things in the world. Right. Um, time is invisible. We talked about that sort of expectations, but even goals, right? If we like if we think it, that's fine, but it might just disappear. Um, Dr. Gail Matthews, I just was recently reminded that she did a study on goal setting and um, I think it's 42%. If if we write down a goal, mm-hmm. physically write it down, we are 42% more likely to achieve it. Right. Um, and there's lots to it, but, but the actual making it visible for ourselves, there's some sensory stuff with like physically writing it with your eyes, seeing it, then your, your brain will be kind of on the lookout for ways to, um, achieve that goal. It's not only just for goal setting, by the way, the make the invisible visible, like keep stuff in your face. (laughs) That is just a really, speaking of hacks, like maybe that's my favorite or the best one is like, just keep stuff in your face. I'm reminded of like when I go on a trip or some, or if I'm leaving the house and I want to not forget to take a certain item with me, I will literally put it in my path yes. so that when I am walking out the door that I won't forget it. Right. right. That's, that's an obvious example of making the invisible vis- visible, oh, like but that. like, you know, little checklists yeah. or writing down your goals right. or a calendar, like making yeah. a calendar for the day or for the week. So just keeping stuff in your face. Yeah. Um, so that you don't forget it. And I would imagine in the chronic pain world that there's, it's common to forget things because of the pain, right? Oh, for sure. Oh my gosh. And even to the point of taking medications can be a real uphill battle. For sure. Especially when they're flare up or whatever. Right. Right. Okay. So it actually, would you happen off the top of your head to have some sort of tip that they might be able to utilize to organize those schedules? A little bit better. I know that's a tough I mean, some brands, some brands that I work with mm-hmm. prefer something on paper right. than, than the digital world. Now there are excellent digital products, yeah. apps, all yeah. of it. I use a mixture of myself personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I would say sh- sometimes it, it means a paper calendar 
to, right. to look at and, and physically write on. Um, but you know, there's, I would say uh, alarms, timers, notifications, like all of that stuff, yeah. um, Alexa, Google home, any of it, um, right. as much as possible, just to offload it from your brain. So you don't have to be the one to remember it all the time, but, but to use timers, to use reminders on your phone, to use alarms or things like that, um, is the first thing that comes to mind. And then some kind of a, or like a pill organizer, probably. Right. I, you know, my dad had Parkinson's and took, I don't know how many pills a day. And it was very, you know, he had help doing it. My mom was helping as caregiver, right, but, that's the big one, yeah. but setting something like that up ahead of time or getting a friend or somebody to help you set it up ahead of time. Right. Um, seems like a real logical um, yeah. solution. And I feel bad, you know, because I know we could probably just bring in people from within the chronic pain community and they would give us a whole list of things that they currently do. Cause there's, you know, the, yeah. they, they're the experts, but I wanted to ask you too, because I think it's uh, more voices at the table, right? For sure. Okay. Or they've tried. I mean, that, that's yeah. the one thing to say too, about all these strategies, tools, et cetera, is I, it may not work for every brain. True. Right. Very true. I mean, also different. Right. So, so sure. This particular timer. I don't have it in my, in front of me, but like this one timer that I like to re recommend works for some people, but some are like, eh, that doesn't work for me. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. But finding, finding things that, and trying lots of things Yeah. and then zeroing in on what, um, what works best for your brain. Right. Now, just as sort of a, a supplement to what we talked about, the uh, goal setting and whatnot is, our reward system, you know, we're yeah. so motivated by our reward system. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it does, unfortunately, become a bit of a challenge when it comes to chronic pain, because we're so used to being hard on ourselves, <laughs> that mm -hmm. we need to now find ways to reward ourselves, because that's how our brain loves to work. So mm -hmm. how I don't know how to ask this, but what's the are you seeing when people are starting to get into more of their executive functioning, as opposed to dysfunctioning, that the reward system yeah. becomes a little bit stronger? A couple things come to mind. Um, one, I think it's okay to say to yourself, like, if I just work on this thing for 10 minutes, then yeah. I get to yes. have, have a cup of my favorite tea or play with the dog or the cat, you know, or just, so I'm all on board with rewards. One of the things we do talk about um, in my work with, with folks is dopamine Mm -hmm. um, as a, as a reward. Right. So like, yeah. and we can kind of play that. Yeah. I like to, the students, the teenagers I work with really think this is cool, but like to trick your brain kind yeah. of into earning a little bit of dopamine, which is the reward in and of itself. So like, you know, we talked about writing down a goal, yeah. even just like a little checklist as a goal, but the checking off of the, yes. of the list or crossing off is a little hit of dopamine. Yeah. And, and now that we know that mm -hmm. then we can sort of give it a go from what I understand from brain science is that there's like three steps for dopamine, I think is created in a couple parts of our brains, but if we set a goal, mm -hmm. but we have to think we can do it. So it has to be like achievable. So right. back to the thing on chunking or like yeah. little by little, you know, you have to, you can't say like, um, clean the entire garage yes. <laughs> or whatever, you know, you can't, yeah. or, or the bedroom or whatever but real small. So like set a goal, make it really small, achievable. And yeah. then there has to be like proof yeah. that you met, you met your goal and then you'll earn a little bit of dopamine. So the right. proof could be the crossing off, could yeah. be setting a timer and like hearing that the timer went off. Oh, look at me. Yeah. I did 10 minutes. 
So, so there is the reward thing is real. It's yeah, real. It um, you, you know, speaking of habits, like we talked about earlier, eventually maybe you won't need the mm-hmm. little rewards here and there because the yeah. habit will be created, but great article yesterday about doing things related to your health and tying it into your core values. And I'm a big mm-hmm. believer in that, especially for our listeners who are really feeling stuck, stuck deep in the muck of pain. Yes. And this little tidbit, which I thought was just so beautiful that when we, the research is there, that when we tie in a task to our value set, then it becomes more doable. It's meaning more meaningful and it's easier to achieve. We just think differently when we tie it into our values. So for example, there was an app that was, I think the research actually was had an app and they were sort of getting people to exercise, not people in chronic pain, but people who in general, and if two different subgroups, one had a messaging coming in saying, who are you doing this for today? As opposed to do your exercise, two different messages, right? And as soon as it was tied into the value, the value, there was just that much more compliance. And it was just so perfect. I'm like, yes, that's exactly what we do as coaches, right? We, we, yeah. we do that deeper dive to understand what you're doing and why you're doing it or who you're doing it for. Right. I love that. Just because we touched on apps, are there any apps that you quite love? Uh, that you might recommend? I I only can think of one, to be honest. I, I Like I said, many of the people I work with, their brains work better on paper, Yeah, um, which is not common in the world <laughs> these yeah. days. But I do have a, um, a it's called To Do. I think it's Microsoft oh. To Do app. Okay. Um, and this is where I put my, I call it like my brain dump. Yes. So it's not my one that's in my face. Yeah, I know I'm blurry, but here's my one that's in my face. It's a sticky mm-hmm. note on mm-hmm. my desk, but it's the one where I like, don't want to forget the thing. Right. So I just dump it there. Yeah. And then I occasionally go look at it and see if there's anything that I have missed or anything like that. So it's just called to do. It's like check boxes. It's super uh, simple. You can I, star them. You can star them if you want to, but it's very simple. So when it comes to chronic pain, one of the really important tools in our toolkit is our own drug cabinet. And so, you know, you know all about this. You've spoken to it already. Dopamine being one of them. And so by you saying, and I love this, there are ways that we can find dopamine throughout our day. I am the gal that will write out a task that I've already done just so that I can check it off because it feels so good. (laughs) I love it. You're not the only one. I'm not the only one. Nope. So, uh, you know. And then that all comes to it down to awareness too. So if you know that that is a hit of dopamine, it's going to feel better. So For paying sure. attention to those little details, but, um, and you know, what sort of ways do you help your students to find little hits of dopamine beyond the checkbox? Are there ways that you yeah. find work well? Uh, well, another way that we talk about is, um, like on a calendar, okay. sort of like crossing off days on mm-hmm. a calendar, right. um, because it could be you're looking forward to just the weekend, or if you're looking forward to a vacation, or someone's coming to visit, or something exciting. So you can you can sort of there's a couple things I love about that. One is that you helps you see the passing of time, right. um, but it's the crossing off yeah. um, and the checklists for sure. Little things like just even saying to someone that you're going to do the thing. Yeah. Not quite as effective as the writing. I don't think, I don't, I'm not totally sure on the research, but like right. saying to someone, yeah. and then will you, will you check in with me? Yeah. That's another good thing for, yes. for your listeners too, is like just saying to, to a friend or a family member, I'm going to X or whatever the thing is. And then said, so will you text me later and see if I did it? 
Beautiful. Right? Like that's yeah. a, that's a strategy to try. Yeah. Um, if you're not gonna, if, if you can't get yourself to write it down yourself, like ask yeah. for some help, ask yeah. for some help. So the biggies, I mean, I also talked to students, you mentioned students about mm-hmm. how, um, video game designers know this about dopamine and brains. Uh-huh. A lot of my students, not all, but a lot of my students uh, play video games and maybe adults too, actually. Now yes. About yes. It. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> but they know this about brains, right? Yeah. Like you want to level up. Yes. I don't know. Probably some other technical term. Yeah. And then you think you can do it. Your brain, yeah. like it's, it's achievable. Yeah. And then usually on the screen, yeah. Or so, like some sort of celebration or some yes. sort of music or something, oh. you know, so, so we're, we're not alone in trying to seek out some of this dopamine, but yeah, the biggies are like sort of making goals known or write them down yeah. or the calendar we yeah. talk about, yeah. um, just tricking your brain a little bit. Absolutely. And if I can add that chronic pain piece, you know, if you are about to set off on a task and you are looking for that dopamine hit, little things like starting it off with those positive words as opposed to the, I can't do this. This pain's going to yeah, be. Yeah, great point. You know, just again, tapping into our, you know, our own drug cabinet by creating safe spaces with words, with the environment you're in, you know, if you think you want dreading mm-hmm. doing something, go outside and do it if you're, if you can. I mean, if it's cleaning the bathroom, yeah. obviously you can't do that, but put on yeah. some music that you really mm-hmm. enjoy sure. to help give you that dopamine hit as well. Moving your body just mm-hmm. even a little bit is, is yeah. huge if they can. And I'm just uh, wanting to acknowledge too, before I forget that, um, I do acknowledge for our chronic pain community that, you know, it's, it's different getting things done in the sense that they have to worry more about managing a flare up. So there is a thing called pacing, which for some that can be a bit of a not so nice word, but really all it means is, you know, it's being strategic, just like you would for taking baby steps in your tasks. You also Mm -hmm. take baby steps in the amount of work that you're doing, working only to a point uh, before pain kicks in, because that way, long-term you'll be able to do more as opposed to working through the pain. Right. That's not a very good reward system, right? Right. <laughs> Is there anything else that maybe we didn't touch on that you really wanted to bring forward today? I would say, uh, I mean, the only thing I can think of is, is just try something, right? Like that's what I say to, to anybody that I talk to about this thing is again, it's little by little, yeah. but it doesn't hurt to try something. Right. So like some sort of strategy, you know, I, I, people will tell me like, I buy all these planners or calendars and I try to use them fine, but then I don't use them. Fine. That's okay. But it might get you to the point where you find the one that you do like. Um, so just, I mean, just try something, right? Like just four minutes could be trying something or even a strategy like writing down your goal. Just today, I'm going to write down my goal today or this week or this month, or actually by the time I'm 50, I want to whatever, you know? So I guess that's, that's something, the the self-compassion piece, right? Like no shame. Yeah. And start now, try, Mm -hmm. you know, try something. Carrie, how can our listeners get a hold of you if they are interested in learning more? Well, I have a website, Dina. <laughs> they can find me. It's just my name. So it's it's www.carriebonnet, C-A-R-R-I-E-B-O-N-N-E-T-T.com. Um, I do have a free resource for adults that is 
carriebonnet.com slash adult, <laughs> which is just a little blueprint, uh, probably some, some of the things that we've talked about today, but like a blueprint for how to approach executive function in your life, which will put you on my email list, which I send out weekly emails with tips and strategies and resources um, and products and things. Oh. So I would love to hear from any listeners. I, we could also just chat to see if coaching is a, um, a good fit, but I also have lots of free resources as well. Amazing. Well, for our listeners as well, please know that we've created a space exclusively for those who live with chronic pain, where we deal with a lot of this stuff, all the stuff that's in our podcasts, we do address inside the academy and bit by bit, we move those large boulders that are really integral in your recovery. So, but again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your input. Thank you for your time. And thank you for my dopamine hit for today. You're welcome. (laughs) I know that was so fun. Thanks for inviting me, Dina. I really enjoyed it. If you'd like to learn more about how pain is processed and how it impacts your lived experience with pain and so much more, I invite you to join us inside the Change Pain Academy brought to you by Pain to Possibilities. That's pain number two, possibilities.com for more information. And as always, thanks so much for listening in.